Hi, this is Maddie Rose, host of The Fame Game, and this is Our Future is Missing. Please be on the lookout for Lauren Spirer. She is 20 years old and went missing from Bloomington, Indiana, June 3rd, 2011 at 4.30 a.m. She is Caucasian, 4'11", 95 pounds, with blue eyes and blonde hair. She was wearing a white tank top, a white button-down shirt, and full-length black spandex pants. If you know of Lauren's whereabouts, please contact the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children's Hotline, 1-800-THE-LOST or 1-800-843-5678. To see a picture of Lauren, please click on the link on the Voice America homepage, Our Future is Missing, or go to ourfutureismissing.com. Thank you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are all of your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you and welcome to the program. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today, we will be interviewing Lance Thompson, the producer of The Littlest Angel, which we will also be reviewing. We will be giving our perspectives on the new film, Tower Heist, talking about Judy Moody and the Not Bummer Summer, and discussing the hit series, Glee, season two. So to start off the show, we will be talking about The Littlest Angel with Mackay and Gabriella, and we will also be interviewing Lance Thompson, who is the executive producer of this film. So, Mackay, Gabriella, why don't you take it away? Hi, Lance. How are you doing? Good. Good, guys. Nice to meet you. You too. You can go, Mackay. Okay. What gave you the idea of doing The Littlest Angel in um, for the movie? What gave you the idea of taking the book from The Littlest Angel and changing it into a movie? And would you tell us what was your part in the movie? Um, this, The Littlest Angel was our second animated movie, 3D animated movie. We, the first one that we produced was called Elf Bowling, the movie, which was based on uh, successful internet games of, of the same name. Um, I had known about The Littlest Angel you know, since I was a kid because the book was basically uh, published in, I think, 46 or 47. So after we did our first movie, we were looking for something else to do, you know, uh, and we, we went after the rights to The Littlest Angel and got them. And then we went about putting together the financing, which took a couple of years, and uh, then we produced it. Um, my part in it, again, was acquiring the rights um, and then putting the financing together and then overseeing the production which was done in uh, Michigan and in uh, Korea. Cool. So what was the most difficult and most fun part of your job? The most difficult part was the time difference with Korea and the United States or Michigan in this case. Um, and it was the same deal with the Elf Bowling because the, the physical animation was done in Korea and everything else was done here. And because it's like an eight or nine hour difference the next day, you know, it's just, it's hard. We, in Michigan, we were up all night working with the, the Koreans during their day and vice versa. Um, the, the best thing about it was all the people that we worked with. Uh, we went to Michigan and found voiceover talent that was just uh, unbelievable and just a, a great group of people who came together on a short production cycle and, and produced this movie. That sounds Why very did... challenging, but it definitely seems like it was well worth your while. So I have a question for Gabrielle and Mackay. How did you like this movie? I thought this movie was... Oh, by the way, this this movie it's it's a very good movie for like when you're 
it's not it doesn't matter if it's shiny it doesn't matter if it's expensive it matters what means to you because if you haven't seen the movie this is mostly about what comes from inside and not what comes from the expensive it really what comes from the heart i see well it sounds like a very good storyline I um I liked The Littlest Angel a lot. I thought it had a great plot and it had many positive messages like practice makes perfect and it's the thought that counts which makes a gift valuable. And I also thought the CGI animation of the movie was simple and the facial expressions of the characters were easily readable and adorable. So I thought it was perfect for all ages. Well, it sounds great and I'll let you continue with your interview questions. Um, Lance, why do you think kids will like this movie? Uh, I think that Gabby, you know, mentioned a lot of the reasons. Um, I, I also think that, you know, there are a lot of strong messages in the movie. Uh, there's a message of selflessness, which is the thing that always brings me to it. Um, but I also think that it, um, it portrays heaven. You know, it's, it's about a little boy who... Uh, untimely ends up in heaven and is uncomfortable there and it basically portrays heaven in a way that I think will make kids feel a little bit comfortable about you know what there might be in the afterlife yes and that's a very important message I I understand in this movie um in this movie did you you did you actually watch the movie and like change things or did you or did you just go with what other people did well basically the process in 3d is i'm sure you guys are aware is that we went to michigan and we created we created the character models and we created the the storyboards basically and that is after the script is written that the storyboards uh the artist uh, draw out every shot, every scene, and then it's put together in, a, in what's called an animatic. And that animatic then is sent to Korea where the physical animation of the movie takes place. The thing that's different between live action and animation is that there isn't a lot of change to happen after the animatic is, is made or completed. There's nip and tuck of scenes you can change certain things, but not huge amounts. The movie's pretty much set once the animatic is completed. You know, you know what I mean by the animatic, the stick figure, you know. Yeah. 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 So once that's completed, basically you don't have the luxury of going back and changing a lot. I mean, you can cut stuff out, but you really can't add a lot. Yeah. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we are interviewing Lance Thompson, reviewing Littlest Angel, Tower Heist, Judy Moody, and the Not Bummer Summer, plus Glee Season 2. So right now, we are talking with Lance Thompson, Mackay, and Gabriella about Littlest Angel. So I'll let you guys keep going with that. So have you worked with a movie starring people before? Well, in The Littlest Angel, we have Ron Perlman, um, who's a fairly big name. He's done a lot of stuff uh, before. I mean, yeah, over the years, we've met quite a few you know, actors and, and actresses. But this wasn't really about find, trying to find huge names. The, the star of this movie is the book and the story. And we, oh. we knew that from the very beginning. I meant, um, how is it different to work with a movie starring people versus an animated movie? Um, well, basically, the people come in and record their voices, and we don't see them again, so it may be a little easier than <laughs> in a live-action movie, where, you know, they're, they're actually acting for 30 days or whatever, however long the production schedule is, so... It's, it's different because basically you record the voice. That's the first thing you do after the script is written in animation is you record the voices. 
and then you cut those together in what's called a radio show, and then the artists, you know, make the animatic. So basically, after the voice talent comes in, records their voices, they're gone, and they don't oh. see it again until you know the movie's completed. So it's it's a lot different to answer your question. So Lance, what age group do you think this film would be suitable for? Oh, I think it's suitable for the whole family. Um, but I think it'll be, you know, uh, it, it'll, the, the younger audience will, will be attracted to it. But it's a family picture. There's a lot of uh, action in it. Again, I think, you know, that parents will want to watch it with their kids because there are a lot of meaningful messages. And those, those come from the, the story in the book. Um, and, we, you know, we, we added a little bit to that. But uh, it's, a, it's a family picture. But, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, it's already been released in the UK and Germany. And, you know, what we're being told is that young kids uh, love the movie and love to watch it over and over and over again. So, you know, that's... Well, I think that's absolutely wonderful that it's good for a family sit-down film where all ages will be able to get a good message and good entertainment out of it. Let's take a break. I'm Raven Devaney for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you so much, Lance, for being on the show with us and telling us all about this great film. I can't wait to see it. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. This year's Kids First Film Critics Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. Public voting determines the 20 finalists, and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the Kids First film critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. Remember Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the Fame Game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the Fame Game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, and welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Let's discuss the new film, Tower Heist, with Gabriella Chu from New York City. So, Gabby, why don't you tell me what this story is about? 
So the movie Tower Heist is about a group of staff who are mostly played by A-list actors, including Ben Stiller and Eddie Murphy. And they work in a very um, upscale building in New York City. It's called The Tower. So the head of The Tower, Arthur Shaw, who was played by Alan Alda, he's arrested for Ponzi schemes. So then the manager of the building, Josh Kovacs, played by Ben Stiller, he um, tells the staff this devastating news that all of their pensions were invested in Shaw, so they have no money. So um, the staff come up with a scheme to get back their money by stealing some money from Mr. Shaw. Well, it sounds very intense, and it definitely seems like a good teen movie. So speaking of that, what age group do you think this film is for? I would recommend this movie to teens 13 and up because there is some profanity and there mm -hmm. are some violent scenes. But other than that, I think it's a great laugh out loud movie and it's good for the entire family. Yeah, it's absolutely a great comedy. So why don't you tell me about Ben Stiller's role? How did you think his performance was and how did you think he added to the quality of the movie? I think his performance was wonderful. So he's the manager of the building and he was like in charge of the entire plan and he was telling everyone what to do and he set up the plan and he thought of it himself. So I he acted as like um, the head of the staff. I see. So everybody knows Eddie Murphy. He is a hilarious comedian. Yeah. I mean, every movie that he's in, I just can't help but laughing hysterically. So why don't you tell me about his performance in this movie? His performance was, as you said, it was hilarious. There were so many jokes that he incorporated into the film. Like there's a scene where they're all supposed to steal one item above $50 in the mall. And that scene was just really funny. But in like all of the scenes that he was in, he added a lot of humor to it. <laughs> Well, and I know he is their coach on how to, you know, do this robbery. So I think yeah. that's hilarious that he's sort of playing the bad guy helping the good guys. And I think that's funny that he was able to add <laughs> such a comedic touch to this movie. So last actor that I want to talk to you about is Alan Alda, who plays the crook. What did you think about his performance? I thought his performance was good, too. I thought all of the characters did a great job. So um, his performance was pretty serious since he was getting arrested for a Ponzi scheme. But I also think he played a significant role in the movie because um, I was really intrigued by one of the hidden metaphors of the movie, like they were comparing the robbery to like a chess game and several scenes showed that. So um, in one of the scenes of the movie, Alan Alda was telling Ben Stiller about um, a chess move called the Queen's Sacrifice. And mm -hmm. I think the movie, um, like each of the members of the staff, they could represent a piece a chess piece in a game so I think Ben Stiller represented the queen because um just like the move queen sacrificed in a real chess game in the end he sacrificed his own job for the good of the staff well I think that's really cool that you were able to see that metaphor so clearly and that it played an important part in the film so why don't you tell me about the cinematography and the visuals in this movie I thought the cinematography and visuals of the movie were very impressive because um, the movie was a very big production. Yeah, I see. You're listening to The Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and we are go today we are interviewing Lance Thompson for The Littlest Angels, Tower Heist, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, plus Glee Season 2. So I was wondering if you had a favorite scene or character in this film. Um, my favorite scene in the movie would be when the staff steal um, the car that belongs to Alan Alda because there were so many twists and turns and surprises in the movie. So initially what they wanted to do was 
they um there was a hidden safe in Alan Alda's apartment and they thought there was a lot of money in there but when they opened it they saw there was nothing in there so then um somehow Eddie Murphy Eddie Murphy he shot a gun and then he realized that the car in his apartment was made of gold so from there they had to go on this entire journey of trying to get the entire car that was really um worthy and like really it had it was really heavy it was really hard for them to get the car out of there and that was just a great adventure i see so did you have a favorite character in the movie um, my favorite character would be Eddie Murphy because he was hilarious. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see that. I think Eddie Murphy is my favorite character in every movie he's in, even if it's a background role, which it never is, but you know. <laughs> so what did you think about the emotion in this movie? There definitely had to be comedy, action, and a bit of betrayal to find out. I mean, I think I would feel very betrayed if I found out that my boss, who I had invested all my money in, had been committing Ponzi schemes. I think I would feel very betrayed. So how do you think that emotion was captured in this film? I think the emotion was captured well. There was definitely a lot of adventure and there were so many jokes in the movie. So I was really impressed with the writer, Ted Griffin. And I also um, thought the movie captured the betrayal well too, because almost everyone on the staff wanted to participate in this scheme and like, because they felt so betrayed about all of their pensions were gone. So yeah, and I can understand that. Yeah. And in the end, um, about this queen's sacrifice, that was like revenge and payback against Arthur Shaw. Mm-hmm. I see. So what do you think about um, how many stars you would give this film on a scale of 1 to 10? I would give this movie four and a half stars because I thought... I thought it was hilarious. The plot was well written. There were so many jokes and surprises. And the movie has a great message and metaphor. But I wouldn't give it five out of five stars because I didn't um, think it was absolutely perfect. Mm -hmm. I see. So what do you think about the soundtrack in this movie? I thought the soundtrack of the movie added um, well to the emotion of the movie. Like the background music really built up the suspense and like the action and really enhanced the tone. I see. I definitely think that music in any type of movie, whether it's whimsical, a drama, a romance, a comedy, anything like that, any genre, I think it's very important because it's playing for the entire film and it really sets the background tone and the background, you know, feel to everything. So I think that's good that you enjoyed it. So what did you think about the overall production and every aspect of the film combined? I thought it was great. Um, the production of the movie was very big because it's set in New York City during Thanksgiving and you can actually see the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, and they had to haul um, the entire car out of the building and there was so much action going on. Well, it is definitely the perfect film if you love comedy, love action, love any kind of thing like that, especially yeah. if you want a great laugh. So we're almost out of time. Do you have anything else to add? Um, no. All right. Well, thank you so much for telling me about this film. I think everybody 13 and up should definitely go out and see this right away. It's great. Let's take a break. I'm Raven Devaney from Kids First Coming Attractions, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. This year's Kids First Film Critics Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. 
kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as kids' first film critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. Public voting determines the 20 finalists, and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the kids' first film critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. Behind the Line is all about the inside of sports from a kid's point of view. This is a look at all of the action from Behind the Line. Join your host every Wednesday at 3 p.m., whether you're a kid or was a kid at some time in your life. We'll run down all of the scores, talk about the games of the past week, and preview what's coming up in the next week. You'll want to take notes because this is good stuff. The place to be Wednesdays at 3. That's 6 p.m. Eastern is the Voice America Kids channel for Behind the Line. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, and welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Let's discuss the hysterical movie, Judy Moody and the Not Bummer Summer, with Mackay Colvin from New Mexico, and again with Gabriella Chu from New York. So, Mackay, what did you think about this movie, and what is this movie about? I thought this movie is, well, it's a great movie for almost everyone, and it has a mix of animation, a little bit of animation in there, and I like the way they did the animation, because it was like a picture you draw in your notebook, so mm-hmm. it's kind of cool to look at, so it's not like all perfect, like normal. Yeah, and it's whimsical. This, this movie's about when Judy Moody comes up with this big plan for the summer, and finally her summer isn't going to be boring but when her plans get turned upside down she has to try to turn them back around because because she had an idea of like having thrill points and having all of her friends doing thrill ideas but two of her best friends are leaving for the summer so she has one friend to do all the thrill things with and it's becoming very hard for judy to do this thrill thing until she finds out her brother's on a hunt for Bigfoot and she has to get involved. <laughs> so what did you think about this movie as your general opinion of the film? I thought it was... I liked the movie a lot and I give this movie... Well, I give it four and a half stars. Oh, actually, I'd give it five out of five stars because <laughs> because a lot of my friends read the book and um the way that my friends described the book to me um related to the movie a lot and um her brother I liked her brother a lot her brother Stink and I I, I kind of like the name <laughs> um, but um but in my general thought I I liked it a lot. So, now let's get Gabriella's opinion. I know, Gabriella, you're much older in comparison to Mackay. So, what's your opinion on the film? I still like the movie. Um, When I was younger, I used to read the Judy Moody series, too. So, um, I... I thought the movie was a good representation of the book. And um, 
I thought it was very creative because on Opal and Judy Moody, they're always thinking of such creative, cool, hilarious ways to have fun. And it's like a roller coaster ride. You, It's so much fun and you can never predict what Judy Moody is going to do next. Well, that sounds really cool. And I also think it's really awesome that you're able to see one of your childhood books come to life in a big production film. So what was that like for you? Did it meet your expectations? And was did the film sort of relay how you remembered the book to be? Yeah, I thought it met my expectations. And I actually got the opportunity to interview the writer of the series, Megan McDonald. And um, she had some input in the movie. So she was able to contribute some ideas. So um, you definitely get a side of, um, of the series of the books into the movie. And um, I also thought the lighting of the movie really depicted the fun and imaginative um, feeling of Judy Moody. Wow, that's awesome. And I think that's really cool that you were able to meet Megan McDonald. I remember hearing about that a while back when it happened. So, Mikai, what do you think about the cinematography and visual effects? I know that Gabriella said she loved the lighting, so what aspect do you like? Well, I love the animation because, well, I love the animation part because it was super silly animation. And like I said before, it was like a drawing. I will not, yeah, a drawing I'll draw in my notebook. And so... That's what I liked about it because you can relate to it. And when you like look at it, you recognize like the school paper and the notebook mm-hmm. and like and like she has a very picture mind. Like I think when she thinks when she thinks of things, she thinks of it all in a picture. And it's fun to see that little picture of her thinking of it. I think that's great. I mean, that reminds me of another film that I've watched that is sort of similar to this movie called Ramona and Beezus, where Ramona's imagination is very whimsical and picture-like. And that's kind of how it is in this film. So I think that's cool that it's relatable, that you're like, oh, I've drawn that, or oh, I think like that. So I think it's cool in that aspect. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we are reviewing the movies Judy Moody and the Not Bummer Summer and Glee Season 2. So right now we're talking with Gabriella and Mackay about Judy Moody and the Not Bummer Summer, and they're telling me about how they like it and what they think about the cinematography, and so far it sounds pretty fantastic. So Mackay, do you have a favorite scene or character? Well, my favorite character in the movie was Aunt Opal, who is the aunt that comes when their parents have to go to see her mom, one of the mom or dad, like Judy Moody's grandpa. And mm-hmm. so Aunt Opal comes to take care of her, and Judy Moody's thinking, I bet this aunt's going to be the worst aunt. I don't think she's she's going to be like all my other aunts. But Aunt Opal, what she doesn't know is Aunt Opal's just as imaginative as she is. So that's what I liked a lot about Aunt Opal. My second favorite one was Mr. Todd. Um, he was their teacher before the summer ended. And he kind of waves in and out of the movie. He was really just in the beginning and the end. But why I liked him so much is because... He really interacts in the kids with the kids in this movie. Like he starts playing music in the beginning, and um, he has uh, he has something for the kids to do in the summer. Um, he puts on a scavenger hunt for them to find them, and that's like one of the first <laughs> scenes where Judy Moody puts on her puts on her imagination, starts thinking of crazy things. Well, it sounds great, and I also think it's wonderful that you enjoyed Aunt Opal's character because I think that it is cool that um, Judy sort of found an older version of herself because, like you said, they were both extremely imaginative and they had wild personalities that mixed quite nicely together. So, Gabriella, what did you think your favorite character would be if you had to pick one? 
I agree with Makai. I thought on Opal and um, Mr. Todd were great characters in the movie, but I think my favorite character would be Judy Moody because she doesn't care what anyone thinks of her and she always wants to have fun and a good time without trying to get in trouble. And um, by the end of the summer, she realized that all of her friends, they went to um, foreign places or cool camps, but and she was like really bummed out about that because she was left alone, like what Makai said. But in the end, she realized that um, no matter where you're going, as long as you have your imagination, your imagination is the key to having fun. Well, I think that's a great character to portray because even though she sort of got a little bit down because her friends were going away, she wasn't going to be able to see them, she pulled through with her imagination, like you said, and I think that's very admirable. So, Gabriella, what do you think, if you could be any character in this movie, who do you think best relates to you? Um, I think Aunt Opal or Judy Moody would best relate to me because Aunt Opal is a really creative and fun person to be with, and Judy Moody as well. But I don't think that I would... um, fit Judy Moody's personality as well because she's very um, loud and opinionated and I'm not really on that side. I'm more like on Opal. I see. So Makai, how many stars do you think you would give this movie on a scale of 1 to 10? Scale of 1 to 10. On a scale of 1 to 10, I'd give this movie 10 stars Mm -hmm. because This movie is great for a lot of people. It has a lot of upbeat things. And if you're about to go on a summer, it's like the perfect movie to watch. And you could even get ideas from the movie to to put into your summer. But, yeah, some teenagers might get a little bit bored of the storyline because they've already had stories like this when they were younger. But for all family, it's mostly a great movie. And... It's fun to have your parents with you, too. Well, that sounds great. Do either of you have anything else to add? I think I don't have anything to add. Mm-hmm. What about you, Gabriella? Um, Are you good? Um, yeah, but I also thought um, when the movie was released, I thought it was released on June 10th. So I thought that was a great way to start everyone's summer, especially <laughs> for kids. Yeah. Well, I think that's great that the date and, that it was released sort of correspond with summer. Yeah, and I really thought um, the message of the movie was very um, relatable to kids because the main message is that your imagination is what makes everything fun. So I think it's good for kids who think that um, they're not going to have a fun summer or, or whatnot, that they can still have one. I see. Well, I really appreciate you guys telling me about this film, and I really hope our audience will enjoy this, especially if you're a younger kid who enjoys summer. Let's take a break. I'm Raven Devaney from Kids First Coming Attractions, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. This year's Kids First Film Critics Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. Public voting determines the 20 finalists, and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the Kids First film critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, 
sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. There is so much going on in the tech field. The Technology Show is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to The Technology Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. You just love your pets. But sometimes, they can get to be a handful. And just when you think you have them under control, that's when things get, well, crazy. For help, tune in to Paul's Around the World. You'll get the inside secrets on keeping your pet the friend it's supposed to be, along with stories to keep you warm and fuzzy. Listen Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, and welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you are listening to Voice America Kids. Let's discuss Glee Season 2 with me, Raven Devaney, and Sam Conan in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Hello. (laughs) Hi, Sam. So, Glee Season 2 is, uh, Glee is a hit series, and I think it's absolutely fantastic. It's about a Glee group, and this is just Season 2 of it, which is on DVD. And I have to admit, you know, I had never seen Glee ever before I watched this for the radio show. And I am such a Gleek now. I love Glee so much. Um, I remember thinking like, oh, it's not going to be that great because I had seen so many parodies and make funs of it. But all the kids in my class and all my friends said it was so good. So I watched it and I gave it a chance. And it is now like my second favorite TV show ever. So, yeah. So, well, Sam, what things. do you think about this film? Well, two things. First of all, I didn't know that Gleek was a word. <laughs> um, and second of all, and second of all, I completely agree with you. I've seen so many parodies of it, and I've seen so many um, people putting it down and making fun of it. Uh, I'd never bothered to try it. I just assumed it was stupid. But yeah. here's the thing. I am a performer. I, I love to sing, dance, all that stuff. I loved it. These are, I mean, on that show, they are really, really talented kids. Apparently, they have this show called The Glee Project, which is where they find uh, new talent for the show. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing that they can find these really talented kids. Yeah, well, all the actors and actresses on Glee are amazingly gifted. I mean, they have beautiful voices and great acting skills and great dancing. So they're very well-rounded performers. So, um, Sam, why don't you tell me how you think, you know, the age group for this film would be? Because I was honestly a little bit shocked about some of the things I was seeing in this series. Well, it is about a high school glee club. Mm -hmm. And high school being the thing that I want to emphasize there. There is a lot of um, sexual commentary and a little bit of sexual content. Yes, I know. Yeah, but they but they do it in a very funny way. Yeah. Um but also they deal with some pretty tough topics like um fate, religion, um the death of a family member, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's a wonderful series, but I think high school absolutely maybe really mature middle schoolers but Mm -hmm. if you know if you're someone who is prone to um being immature (laughs) like you're in high school yeah well I have to agree with you on that there is some sexual content a little bit of 
profanity, but, you know, just on minor scales of that. And it is very funny. So, you know, it's like every PG-13 movie you see where there's, you know, comical things like that. So I think it would be for 12, 13 and up. And, um, you know, parents should just be, like, warned about letting your children watch this just because of some of the content. Agreed. Um, but I think, like, Glee is such an amazing thing. So I, I'd say, like, 12 to 13 and up. And um, one thing that kind of shocked me about the way they did this film is, um, you know, the series in Glee, there is a lot of different people from different cliques, like head cheerleaders and football players and, um, you know, then sort of like geeky kids and singers and things like that. And I thought it was interesting how all of those people were in one club and, you know, that doesn't happen very often in the typical movies that we see. It's always like in the football team, there's just football players. And in the performing arts team, there's like, you know, just people that are really into theatrical things. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought it was cool how it incorporated different cliques and it definitely showed the challenges of that. And each of the characters faced their own challenge of being accepted and sort of being bullied and picked on. And I think that's very relatable, you know, whether you're in middle school or high school, bullying and trying to find acceptance is a very important thing. And it's very real. Yeah. Although you're absolutely right about the stereotype being each clique only has people from that clique. It's not true at all. I mean, talented people can be anywhere. Like Mm -hmm. um, in one of the episodes, uh, this new kid who's trying out for the football team turns out to be this amazing singer. Yeah. But he doesn't he doesn't want to share it because he doesn't want to be picked on. And mm-hmm. it's absolutely true. You can find talent anywhere if you just look. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, in the typical stereotypes, things like that. It's, you know, just one way. And I think that's cool that this series was able to, you know, break the habits and break the status quo. You're exactly. listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney. And today we are reviewing the movie Glee Season 2. So we're talking about Glee Season 2 right now. So, Sam, what do you think your favorite episode in this season is? Huh. That would be difficult. <laughs> um, know, I'm not sure. I'd have to say that probably... Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. They're all really great. Uh, I, if I had to choose a favorite, I'd have to say um, the third one, the Britney Spears episode. Cause oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, it was so funny. Um, Britney Spears. Yes, if you look at that naked butt sweat stain on my chair, all the goodness in the world you will see go out of you. I know. Yeah, that's a good. <laughs> oh, and, and speaking of which, uh, the woman who plays um, Sue, the cheerleading coach, um, mm-hmm. uh, the actress's name escapes me, uh, but that is that is great performance. I I think she's won some really prestigious awards for that performance. And I think it makes perfect sense. She is hilarious. Oh yeah. She is absolutely hilarious. Her name is Jane Lynch. Actually. She Ah. is a great, great actress. She's hilarious. Um, But yes, about the Britney Spears uh, episode. I think that's really funny. Um, Britney Spears actually does several cameos in that episode, you know, appearing in different kids visions because what it is, is, um, Britney, who's one of the cheerleaders, she has, like, this whole thing where she doesn't want to sing any Britney Spears songs because her name is Britney S. Pierce, so her name is Britney Spears as well, and she feels, like, uncomfortable about that, and then she goes to the dentist, and she gets put under sleeping gas, and she has this whole vision about Britney Spears, so yeah, she she's, takes, like, doing this whole big number, and then yeah, at the very hilarious. end, she's, like, talking to Britney Spears, and she says, I'm so much better than you, and then Britney Spears fall over. And then, I, and then she gets this weird idea that she's going to sing all the solos and that she's the most talented one in the group. It's, it's actually really funny. I mean, she is Yeah, crazy. and then all throughout the rest of the season, she starts telling everyone, she's like, you know, I know that I'm more talented than you. Britney Spears taught me that, but I think that yeah, it's a very she hilarious is totally out of it. It is so funny. Yeah, it's a very hilarious episode. That's definitely one of my favorites. Um, I think the season finale is amazing, and I don't want to, you know, give anyway anything and, you know, not give any spoiler alerts. So, Sam, about the last episode, um, I just wanted to think, what do you think about that? You know, without giving away anything important, what was your overall opinion of the season finale? To be entirely honest, I'm about midway through the season. I've been watching them on DVD. So (laughs) I am yet to watch the season finale, but 
if things continue as they are, it is going to be amazing. Yeah, I have to tell you, I just watched it today, actually. I have been avidly watching, like, five episodes a night, trying to finish the whole series in, like, three days. Oh, wow. um, yeah, I had, like, a, a week or two, or, I mean, a week or, like, five days to finish the entire ser- season. Yes, I've gotten up to grilled cheeses. <laughs> that is such a funny episode, yeah. Well, um, that, that's the thing, where I got the whole thing of them dealing with some very serious content, because, first of all, Jesus appears to him on his grilled cheese sandwich, yeah. And this other kid's dad has a heart attack and you know, it's basically the whole thing about fate and um and all that. And like I like I said, it's a very serious topic, but Yeah, really that makes funny. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite episodes too, but back to the season finale. Um I was very impressed by it. It was amazing and it met all of my expectations and I thought it was great. So Can't wait to watch it. <laughs> yes. Um, so I just have a couple more questions for you. What do you think your favorite character is in this um, season? You know, I'm not sure. Uh, I would have to say uh, probably the guy in the wheelchair. Artie. Uh, oh my gosh! Artie. Yeah, he's yes. my favorite character. Yes, Artie. Uh, he's he's very he's great because he has these these witty comments that he just says every once in a while and that happens to me it's like every once in a while I'll just get the best comeback mm-hmm. and it's it's really great but I think the big thing is um I have ADHD which is um a learning disorder so it helps or not helps uh, it puts me on the outside so I sort of feel like I'm in a wheelchair sometimes because I have this disorder mm-hmm. and I can really relate to him feeling like he's not as good as the other kids because he's got this uh, this problem Mm-hmm. And I really get it. I think that's really great that you're able to relate to one of the characters so specifically and being able to, you know, have him help you through that. Artie is my favorite character only because even though he's in a wheelchair and you might think he's sort of like nerdy in the outcast, he has a very flamboyant personality and he is so funny and so hilarious and he's very perseverant and I admire that about him. Not to mention well, his idea about the human cannonball with the football. Oh, yes. Genius. I mean, it really is genius, though. Because mm-hmm. nobody would tackle a kid in a wheelchair. I mean, really, <laughs> really, if you think about it, nobody would. Yeah, do yeah. Artie joins the football team, which I think is great. Well, it looks like we're out of time. Thank you so much for joining us, Sam. Thank you for telling our audience about Glee. I, I think. Watch yeah, it. if you're one of those people who's closed-minded about Glee, you know, wipe all those ideas out of your head and watch it because you will fall in love. It is so amazing. I can officially say I am now a Glee. Yes, the word is catching on. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. You can experience more Kids First fun, watch our film reviews, and learn how you can become a Kids First film critic by going to www.kidsfirst.org. Another thing is um, that some of the film critic search titles is um, Glee Season 2 and Judy Moody and the Not Bummer Summer. So I think that's very great. I'm Raven Devaney, signing out for Kids First Coming Attractions, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Thanks for listening to Game On. Your hosts play again next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Now, go enjoy a good game.